You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. I'm Nate Kading, and this is Real Success. This is the Corridor Media Group podcast, where we explore the life and careers of Eastern Iowa's most influential business leaders. Andrew Dasso is the owner and architect of Streamline Architects and Artisans, a full-service architecture firm founded in the Quad Cities in 2015. I talked to Andrew about his relationship with the fear of growth, navigating the transition from architect to entrepreneur, and how a house fire motivated him to launch his own company. Andrew also shares his thoughts on keeping realistic and achievable goals, how mentorship has impacted his career, and how balancing leadership with his passion for design keeps him grounded. I learned a lot, and I think you will too. Stay tuned. This episode of Real Success with Nate Kading is brought to you by Midwest One Bank. Midwest One Bank is the proud partner for doers and entrepreneurs in the corridor and beyond. As an SBA preferred lender, our team is ready to help you reach your business goals. It's empowered money management. It's Midwest One Bank, member FDIC. Andrew, thanks a lot for taking the time. This is exciting. We've worked together in a professional capacity several times. You're an architect. We've done a little bit of construction, real estate development together, and you always admired you and your firm. You guys have taken a you know very entrepreneurial, um, you know, impressive approach to you know building your architectural practice based out of the Quad Cities, but now with an uh, office in the Iowa City, Cedar Rapids area. Was as you were a young young kid cruising cruising on your your big wheel through through the streets, were you all, were you admiring, you know, the, the, the frame and, and pitch of roofs as a kid, you know, from an architecture standpoint and were, were you building things? Like, how did you get hooked on uh, design specifically in and around, you know, architecture? You know, like growing up, I loved like SimCity and the Sims and all the computer programs. Um, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to do engineering or architecture. I was kind of going back and forth. I was really strong in math. I didn't really have an artistic side, believe it or not, until college. So, um, you know, but the biggest thing with architecture that I like most is that it it's the built environment. So you can actually, you know, what you do is what you see. So um, that, that kind of steered me that way. Yeah, that's exciting. So, did you go to college knowing that? Did you start on that path when you went to when you went off to college, knowing that was going to be in the architecture field, or is that something you kind of you made a pivot towards while you're at in college? Uh, no, it happened senior year of high school. Um, so, I went to the University of Illinois um, for my undergrad and graduate school, and uh, their architecture program was you know top five in the nation at the time. And so, once I was able to get in there, I uh, I was excited and I was really interested in kind of learning more about the architecture and profession. Early on, while you're at the University of Illinois, were you always kind of, you know, whether you're like a young musician and you're kind of, you know, you're going heavy metal or you're going country western, like where is it, was there some sort of style of architecture that you were, that you have loved since the beginning at the university or has your taste sort of changed? Talk a bit about kind of, where where did you fall in love with, you know, a particular style of architecture? Well, you're well, I uh, really enjoy clean lines and uh, and 
there's a Ralph Johnson. He's an architect for Perkins and Will. I think he's still practicing, but he practiced a style called a contemporary modernism. And it, uh, it uses a lot of projections and straight lines and a lot of, uh, intermediate lines that create these forms. And so I really enjoyed that style. And then actually when I was in college, I had a professor that, uh, he, he pointed out that curves are for designers that aren't very good. So <laughs> I, uh, that, that comment always stuck with me. And a lot of our work is squared and, and rectangled and, and using forms that are natural. So, yeah, that's great. And then right out, right out of the university of Illinois, did you jump in with another firm or was it, I guess maybe even to back up a little bit was the entrepreneurial side. I mean, cause you're obviously the design, there's the creative piece of all of it. But you're also someone now that's created a, an excellent business in and of itself too. Was that was that something that was in you at an early age, even back in college? The kind of that entrepreneurial bug. It was. It wasn't really. It wasn't huge. I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I uh, my dad was a blue collar electrician. My mom was a nurse. I wasn't really exposed to it. My grandpa owned a concrete business, but he had already retired before I really knew him. Um, you know, so as out of school, I started with, you know, the traditional path of working for an architecture firm, engineering uh, firm. And, uh, and then I went on and worked in Des Moines for a while um, for a smaller design firm that had about 10 employees, but we were doing projects like the University of Iowa Library uh, Learning Commons project. Do you remember your uh, very first project that you were on as a professional architect? Where, where, where was your first stamp? The first stamp was actually the Johnny's uh, Italian Steakhouse in Altoona okay. for Heart of America. <laughs> nice. Um, it, uh, that's my first baby. That's the first one I ever stamped and has a, a pier that actually cantilevers over the water. Um, but, you know, a lot of architects go their whole career without stamping a project. So I was, uh, I was actually licensed for three months before uh, stamping my first project. So I jumped in with all, all feet. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, you see a lot of people these days and a lot's being said of it now, especially out of the pandemic about people pivoting into different uh, industries or changing jobs, changing career paths. But you're someone that, you know, went to school, you, you said it, you know, senior in high school is what you wanted to do and you stuck with it. Was there ever a moment early on in your professional career as an architect where you're like, holy cow, I don't know if this is for me or is it, what was it that path always set the entire time? You know, I think it's at a time during uh, college, I think a junior, senior year, you're, you're always wondering until, um, well, once I graduated, I was, I was set on that path. I was ready to go. Um, you know, I never imagined owning an architecture firm. I, uh, I didn't think I would ever get there because of all I know, I didn't even know how much it takes to get there. Um, you know, you have to support your family first. So, yeah. Um, yeah. What, so that you were in Des Moines, then you came back to the Quad Cities for the, the Heart of Heart of, Heart of America um, project, or, or that, that job opportunity there. Was anything at that time kind of bubbling up around starting your own firm or when, talk a bit about the genesis of, of that decision. Um, surprisingly, it started, um, I was working at Heart of America and, you know, they're a hospitality developer. Um, so, um, I had a house fire, my wife and I did with, uh, 
we had a six month old, our firstborn. Oh, wow. Um, it was three months after, or three days after Christmas. And, uh, I mean, it was just life, uh, life changing, life altering. We went through so much adversity, um, during that time. We didn't know, I mean, we were at rock bottom. And so what year uh, was this? Uh, um, it was seven years ago. Oh, wow. Yep. So, uh, we ended up rebuilding the house and, I uh, uh, we went through a tremendous amount of adversity during that time. Um, we were fortunate to have a, a priest that was, uh, really kind of influenced us to, to get our, uh, mind back on track. And then, uh, after that, you know, I, we finished the house and we kind of sat back and thought about, you know, we should be doing this for ourselves, all the hard work we have and we put towards our, our careers. Um, I really, uh, believed in investing in myself. And so made the jump and, and uh, left Heart of America and started our uh, architecture firm just myself and support my wife and, and our firstborn. So. Wow. That's a huge, huge inflection point, both in your personal life and, and professionally. Who did you consult with at that before you made that decision or while you were making that in terms of, you know, designing the business and the business model and, you know, yeah, and then the other nuts and bolts of it, right? There's the startup cash and the capital and, you know, you're giving up a, you know, the safety of a paycheck to, to make that jump mm -hmm. is who was around you to help you think through that. And is there any advice if there's some people that are listening about potentially, you know, starting their own business is any, any advice that comes to mind about how you set that whole thing up for success from the beginning? Um, you know, I, I went, uh, I went to reach out to score in the quad cities. There's a, you know, retired business owners. I reached out to the, uh, um, community college, uh, cause I didn't have any business sense at all. And I still, I mean, I'm an architect first. Um, but you know, honestly, I was always looking for somebody to ask questions to, uh, it, it happened to be one of my first clients was, uh, the owner of East Bowling Glass and he's become my mentor throughout my career. Um, Larry Anderson, he, you know, he owns, I don't know how many different yeah. businesses and he's been a great mentor to, to bounce ideas off of. And as my business has grown, uh, he's, he's been able to, you know, help kind of direct that. What's the, what's the greatest piece of, or most impactful piece of advice that Larry's given you along your, your entrepreneurial journey with Streamline? don't be afraid of growth and, and honestly um, there are times where i'd sit down with larry and i'd say how like am i going too fast too strong do i need to slow down and and his advice was no growth is a sign of uh, success and you have to you know kind of grab it with both arms and and work on it and you know it'll get easier and so like growing pains is probably the one of the hardest parts of owning a business and yeah. And so, you know, if you can get through those growing pains, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It might be small at times, but there's a light. So. Yeah, absolutely. That, that growth is certainly a sign of sign of success. But early on, you mentioned Larry was one of your, uh, you know, first clients with Streamline. Was there, I mean, but when you start a business, there's obviously anxiety and those questions about, you know, is this going to work? Are we going to make it? Was there a, a moment or sort of a, a big break that you had you know, within the first couple of years where you're like, okay, you know, you're sitting there with your wife at dinner, looking back on that, you know, 
crazy moment with the house fire and those sort of things. Like we did make the right decision here. What, when did that kind of come across your mind? Was there a big project or a, a moment in time that, that that really hit home? Um, you know, there was never doubt in making the right decision, but I had, I had three goals my first year. It was uh, first to get my first job. Second goal was to, uh, to pay myself. And the third <laughs> yeah, that's, goal a, that's was, a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the third goal is to hire someone. So oh, nice. Um, between those three goals, you know, it, uh, you have to allow for a, a runway, like you said, because, you know, especially in professional services, you're not paid right away. You, you may not be paid for yeah. six months. Um, and so you have to have a, uh, fair amount of runway that, that you're comfortable with in order to get to that point where you're getting checks in the mail. Yeah. That, that takes some, that takes some gusto for sure. No, no doubt yeah. about that. Um, that's awesome. What, what, what's the biggest surprise for you about owning your own business? Was there something that you, that kind of, if you look back on it, that you're like, man, I had no idea this was this hard or this, this could happen. Uh, that, you know, and you mentioned it, right? You said you, you, you know, you never really considered yourself a, a business person out of the gate, you know, mm-hmm. architect first, business second was, is, what's been the biggest surprise about being a business owner? You know, there's just, there's so much um, that goes into running the business. You know, as being an architect, I, you think, yeah, he draws buildings all day. I probably spend five hours a week drawing buildings and the rest of it is working on business development, growing the business, building the business, finding the jobs. Um, you know, that has probably been one of the eye openers is like growth may not be always what you want. And so understanding what, what the right level of it is, because if I, when I had three employees, I was in the trenches doing the design work documents. When I got to seven, eight employees, I was really on the street most of the time finding work and, and, and maybe doing some of the initial upfront design, but never getting into the construction documents. Yeah. And then now we're at 13 employees and I have to, we have to figure out a kind of a, a tree of some sort where we have, you have the senior level architects that are able to check the drawings and, and you know, and do all the things that you were doing when you were three employees. Right. You mentioned that five hours a week of drawing. Is that, what's the perfect blend in your mind as a business owner of doing, working on the business versus doing, you know, what I'm, what I know you still love to do, which is doing drawings and working on the actual architecture. Is, is that a 50-50 split or in a perfect world, you'd have someone else doing the business de- development. You can go back to putting your head down and uh, and doing the drawing or have you kind of fallen in love with some of these other aspects of running? You know, the business? I, I really, you know, what I love most about, um, it, it's design, but I also love relationships, building relationships with people. Um, you know, I think the right amount is probably, you know, I, I work, um, really early in the mornings, uh, and I'll work on a Saturday if I don't have the sanity and I don't have the, you know, the feeling, um, just like, you know, Saturday morning, waking up and, and, and doing a little design work. And that kind of brings you back to earth a little bit. And uh, it makes kind of the whole week worth it, in yeah. my opinion. So it, there isn't really a, a right amount because you can't, you can't control that really. Um, but it's just having 
having a little bit of it keeps the flame burning, uh, you know, for the next week. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just kind of think out into a point in time in the future, right? Let's say that Quad Cities Business Journal is doing a, a huge article on Streamline in the year, you know, 2040, you know, or it's around when Andrew is re- retiring or something like that. Like, what is what does success look like for you? If you're going to look back on your career, let's say you're in your mid 50s and you're 20, 30 some odd years into into Streamline, what what is in your mind is going to make Streamline a success story to you? What what needs to happen over the course of the next 15, 20 years for for you to consider Streamline a success? Boy, that is a very difficult question. I am uh, I'm thinking if my one of my daughters decides to become an architect, that's a success to me. If uh, if I can convince one of them to come into the business, um, I uh, you know because family's a huge bit really important to me, my wife, and um, you know, and I, I think what I want to make sure is that they can see that first women become architects because yeah. for a long time. That, you know, if you look at all the star architects, they're all white males. So women can become architects and two, it's not, it's fun. And it's not, a you know, it's not, if you love what you're doing, it's not a job, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that would, that would be my success would be seeing my kids take over or it's one of them or two of them. Sure. Something, um, from a company standpoint, I think if we can continue to design and really having good quality design, innovative design, um, and and continue to develop that portion of our business, I think that would that would continue to you know foster and, and make the the Quad Cities and the region better, and that's really important for what we're striving to do here too. Yeah. You mentioned early on as a kid you love Sim City, so let's let's do a little hypothetical uh, scenario here. Question: If someone came to you with kind of an unlimited budget, which I know is a, it's what you always want to hear as an architect, and in the construction industry too, you, you like that the no yeah. budget. And there's a dream project that you can design. Someone's going to build anywhere in the Quad Cities or Eastern Iowa. What what is that? Is it some amazing? multifamily project or uh, arts and entertainment venue or like what what is that one thing that you're like man you just hope that someday this this project comes across your desk boy um you know there is a developer that did this in las vegas or out in nevada he's building his own city um if you've heard about that but um you know i think unlimited budget put something out in the middle of the river that is just becomes the tour the because one one complaint everyone has about the quad cities is that we don't utilize the river yeah we don't do you know it just doesn't it's something that visitors come and they love it and they always they want to see it and they want to touch it but um people that live here don't always uh have a way to experience it yeah and so you know navigating and, and I mean, just put something right in the middle of it. Make a city out in the middle of the in the middle of the river. You know, the Bison Bridge would be a great uh, a great attribute to the Quad Cities. Oh yeah, that was cool. That that was uh, 
It was almost there. Is that still still in the hopper, the Bison Bridge? That, I think that that was an amazing yeah, idea. Yeah, we're working on it. Chad's still Chad's out there grinding. He actually hired his first employee that is 100 percent on the Bison Bridge. Oh, really? <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Oh, I agree. Leaning leaning into the river and those sort of things. That's such an, uh, a really impactful kind of aesthetic element and just sort of of the environment of the Quad Cities, right? And that's a huge deal. Trying to find ways to embrace that's obviously really important. Um, what if there's a place here that you could rent jet skis or, you know, just, yeah, there really isn't anywhere you can do, you can enjoy the river. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be super rewarding for you as you go on with your career, just knowing the impact you're going to have on the built environment in the quad cities and Eastern Iowa and beyond. So it's a, I know a, a huge deal. Um, we like to kind of finish these interviews with just some fun little rapid fire questions. Uh, how much of your success would you contribute to luck versus hard work? Hundred percent hard work. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, if given the chance, what profession other than architecture would you most like to attempt? Uh, retiree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Let it let the passive income flow and yeah, developer. Probably real estate developer. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Uh, how about a business leader? You mentioned obviously Larry Anderson. Uh, locally has been a, a big mentor for you. Is there someone else perhaps, but maybe nationally, internationally known or and what you've kind of followed or studied during your kind of business journey that, that's been impactful for you? Um, there's an architect architecture firm in Seattle, Olson Kundig, mm -hmm. and they have a, a very cool, intricate um, design studio where they're, they're offering the fabrication side of things as well as the architecture and uh and really they're kind of what we're striving to be that's great how about early on when you're at the university of illinois or early in your professional career was there a book you read didn't necessarily need to be about architecture specifically but something that's you know been really influential to you in your career you know after college i um i was on the dave ramsey kick for a while and that <laughs> kind of got our uh yeah cards and everything there you, you know, go we, we we didn't quite, uh, after the snowball, we, we decided we weren't going to do it anymore, but yeah. <laughs> Get the house in order. Yeah. Yeah. I like some good old fashioned Dave Ramsey. Nothing wrong with that. That's good. Yep. What's what, uh, anything you listening to now, podcasts or TVs in the, or, uh, shows on the Netflix queue, anything that's popping up? I listen to snacks daily, to, uh, every day. What's so it called? Uh, snacks daily. Okay. It, uh, they provide it's on Spotify. They provide three um, business trends. Oh, nice! Uh, usually stock market, stock market related. That's great. Uh, just around like your daily routine, and what's one tiny thing that has the biggest impact on your happiness each day? Um, so if you took it, if you took it away, you, you wouldn't be as happy over the course of the day. I, uh, so seeing my girls in the morning and at dinner, we have dinner together, together every night. That's one of the most important things for us. Um, yeah, I don't, I think if you took that away, it would, uh, it would, it wouldn't be worth it. So, yeah, that's great. And then if you had 30 extra minutes in a day, what would you do with it? 30 minutes extra every day. I would try uh, meditation. I've always wanted to try it. I yeah. just haven't had, haven't had the time. That's great. And the last question, uh, in one sentence, how do we, how do you define success? 
Um, I defined a success as uh, as uh, independently and well, let's see. Okay, I define success by um, independent wealth, but also um, providing relationships and making the people around you um, successful as well. Um, and I think, uh, you know, leading generations beyond generations of, of family, friends, and uh, I think that all together is success. Not all one. It's not one thing, you know, you yeah. know, as much as I do, Nate, it's a, it's a million different things. Yeah. Balancing them all together. That's great. Yep. That's awesome. I look forward to watching the success over, you know, been, been a successful run for you guys. And I know it will be into the future too. And it's uh, exciting to watch um, you grow the business and seeing all the great work that you're involved with throughout the, the local community. So congratulations on all that. And I uh, appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really excited about the Quad City Business Journal and uh, I'm following the Iowa City's core. I've, I've listened to your podcast a lot, Nate, and uh, I'm really happy that we're starting to kind of... Yeah, it's exciting. ...here in the Quad Cities. Absolutely. It's good to kind of put all our arms around all of Eastern Iowa now. It'd be fun. Yeah, definitely. This podcast is produced by the LAS Media Group in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit lasmediagroup.com. For more on Real Success and other podcasts, visit corridorbusiness.com and follow us on social media at CB Journal.